Are you ready to accelerate the growth of your business? Welcome to the Revenue Growth Podcast. This is the place for business owners, sales leaders, and marketing professionals to get ideas and inspiration to drive exponential revenue growth. Each week, you'll get actionable insights from the world's leading marketing and sales thought leaders and practitioners. Are you ready to grow? Let's join our host, Daryl Amy, author of Revenue Growth Engine. Welcome back to the Revenue Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Daryl Amy, trailblazer and growth architect. You are going to learn a lot today from my friend Simon Harris. We have a fantastic conversation about strategy, very well-timed as we finish this year and look into what promises to be a very interesting year ahead. Hey, a special thanks to this episode's sponsor, Selling From The Heart. And if you've got a sales team and you want to boost results, you need to get to know Selling From The Heart. What's great about Selling From The Heart is how it takes a different approach to driving sales. The goal is to build trust quickly with clients and prospects through authenticity. The result, more effective prospecting, higher close rates, and more referrals. Best of all, the Selling From The Heart methodology works with your existing sales model. So to learn more, just visit sellingfromtheheart.net and make sure to listen to me and my co-host, Larry Levine, each week on the Selling From The Heart podcast. Well, today we are joined by my friend, Simon Harris. He's an international sales trainer, management expert, and man of mystery. He is the founder and managing director of Serial Trainer 7. Simon's developed a wealth of experience having trained and coached thousands of sales professionals and leaders. He's also a curator of knowledge. Simon's read hundreds of books in sales and marketing and leadership. And every year, several times a year, he has the book garden where he shares his favorite books uh, on a path in his garden. It's so, so cool. I'm honored that Revenue Growth Engine made it into the book garden this past year. But Simon is also the co-author of B2B Sales Tips, the B2B Sales Tips Guidebook coming out this November. You're going to want to check that out. So we're going to have a great conversation today. So join me in welcoming Simon Harris to the Revenue Growth Podcast. What's going hey. on, Simon? <laughs> How are you doing? Nice to see you again. <laughs> it's great to see you as well. I'm so excited about this book coming out. And uh, yeah, me too. <laughs> everyone's got, if uh, you've got to click in the show notes, you got to follow Simon on uh, LinkedIn because he puts out the book garden. He takes you on a tour through his garden with the best books and, and your recommendations are always spot on, Simon. I really oh, enjoy. You. How many times a year is the book garden coming out now? Uh, the book garden usually does, uh, does two a year. Um, it will do another one just after Christmas. Um, so basically I just put them all up the steps in the garden. You can see it all I on YouTube. It. And they are great Rev, um, revenue growth engine got on there um, from the heart, of course. Um, but it, it's it's all about the books that really feel authentic. It's the ones that have not been written by somebody that's just writing by numbers. It's about having people who, when you read the book, you can genuinely feel their experience. You can genuinely feel that they have gone through the sales pain that we go through, not just talking about the highs, actually talking about how you problem solve effectively, how you get around certain situations with a view to that ultimate aim that customers have, which is either to make money, save money or reduce their risk. So therefore, when I'm looking at these books and I read so many of them, if 
I like what I read, I then try it out. And if I try it out and it works, that's it, that's bingo. It really, really is. Um, and like the Revenue Growth Engine, I've recommended it to so many books, um, so many clients of mine who have implemented different strategies around parts of the model. You know, and it's a great book. It really works. So all of the books that I have, and there's a, a lot of them, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of them, um, you know, are, are really good. And I think it is about coming from a relevant place, Daryl. And you know, as well as I do, that in my world, it's not about just being different. You've got to be relevant. You know, it does, you know, relevance is everything. It's on trend. It's right now. It's meaningful at this moment. Well, and that is a great segue to what we're talking about today, because, you know, as we look here, wrapping up 2021, look into 2022 and this very, very interesting time that we're living in, there's always change, but it seems right, right now the change is, is big. It's different. Mm -hmm. It's um, things we might not expect. This is a time to get strategic. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's so, it's so astounding to me you know, or in a kind of devil wears Prada moment, it's completely baffling to me why nobody's ready. And why is nobody ready? I just don't understand. And it feels like many people just don't have an effective strategy in place because there is a common thread among many of the businesses I work with that they're just in a let's wait and see approach. Let's mm -hmm. wait. And I don't believe that anything magical is going to happen in sales if we just wait. So we really need to have some form of plan or strategy in place. And the really good news is even if you've got a completely rubbish plan, it doesn't matter because at least you've got something to work with. At least you've got a start. If you've got nothing, you, can neither, you can't go up or down. But even if you've got something down, and it's not just about writing down things like the traditional cliches of where are we now? How did we get here? Where do we want to be? And how are we going to do that? It's so much more than that, Daryl. And I believe that when we put strategy together, we are often in a position where strate strategic elements always have to focus on growth. And whilst growth is important, of course, it's not everything at that moment. Some people don't want growth because maybe they're trying to keep their powder dry. Maybe they're trying to keep as much revenue in the business as possible, mm -hmm. because if we can keep cash in the business, that stops us making people redundant. It keeps the, you know, the business alive. And that's what we want. So when we think about strategic aims, I like to coin them in four different areas. Growth is, of course, one of them. But as sales leaders, where do we want to see growth coming from? Is it as crude as revenue and more clients? Is it that? Or is it that we want to take the clients we've got and we want to make them more profitable for us? Is it that we want to do that? In which case we need to make sure we're monetizing what I call our CBV, our critical business value and making sure it's delivering everything and is being charged for mm -hmm. in a rate that's attractive and meaningful to the client. Mm -hmm. So that growth needs to come from those areas. Or is it that we want to grow in a way that we want to change the way we manage our staff? We want to grow our culture. We want to grow our staff even or get more staff in or bring in more tech. What does growth look like? So we need to be quite grown up around that. But it's about also looking at three other areas. If some people don't want growth, some people want to maintain. And there's nothing wrong 
with a strategy that just says we are maintaining what we're doing. Because right now, that's what's right for us. If we can stay where we are with the level of turnover that we've got right now that we're really happy with and we don't want to rock the boat, if we can keep our people happy, then as such, we'll be in a better place to do something else, growth maybe, Mm -hmm. a year down the line. Does that make sense? It does. Growth and maintenance are two types of strategy. My third is an improvement-based strategy. A strategy that has elements of improvement around it are maybe around processes, such as sales process um, or sales approach. And maybe we need to improve in order to grow. So sometimes an improvement strategy can precede any of the others. So there are areas that we might want to sharpen up. And lastly, is often the most radical type of strategy, and that's a change strategy. So we might need to radically change direction, or as LinkedIn calls it, pivot. <laughs> that's right. God, how many times? I mean, seriously, we've got a line of shots with Word every time. Word of the year pivot. last year, right? Oh, my pivot. God, it just belongs on friends. <laughs> that's all it belongs to. It just belongs on friends. Stop saying bloody pivot. So when we think about a change strategy, mm-hmm. is it, you know, like the working from home model and the hybrid model that we've got? That's a massive change. But you know what? Let's stop talking about that for now. Let's just make that work because we're doing it. So we've done it for long enough. We don't need to talk about it any further. In a way, it's a bit like the pandemic. We don't need to keep talking about it. Mm-hmm. We know it's there. I prefer to refer to things in a BC AD kind of way. So 2019 is BC before mm-hmm. COVID. And then 2021-22 is AD after the disease. Right. So it's a, it's a simple thing because in the middle, we've all been in this place right yeah therefore we can easily identify whether we want to grow change improve or maintain i think it's a really good perspective yeah i love that simon i think that's a really good perspective and you know a lot of organizations right now are are in in a time of low supply i was talking to a commercial trucking company that Mm. you know that they're struggling they can't deliver um they can't deliver new vehicles until Mm you know, well, it's well into the future, right? Yeah. Uh, because of supply chain problems and all of that. So they, <laughs> you know, they're in a process of, of they've got to maintain, they've got to look for ways to, um, you know, cross sell additional services and products to keep their current clients up and running yeah. um, with their existing fleet. So it's a, it is a strategy that is saying, hey, we're going to figure out in this climate what to do. And, and I think that's a really good thing um, a good perspective for companies to think about right now is what is our capacity for delivery? Mm. Um, you know, maybe you're in a, in an industry, in, in an industry that has challenges recruiting more people. So to grow the wrong way could be catastrophic because you might grow in a way that you can't deliver on. So mm. this right now is such a critical time, Simon, I agree for companies to think strategically in particular for sales and marketing people, and I'm going to speak to my sales friends and sales leaders in particular who, you know, in sales, I know what our strategy is. We sold this much this year. We're going to sell this much this yeah, year. Yeah. Any questions, right? Yeah. Um, we've got to think more strategically about who we go after, what we sell, how we're doing it, uh, because if you can't deliver or if you don't have the capacity, you're going to sell yourself into a hole. 
so what you know what do you do in that type of season yeah i mean it is it is about using this what well, i like to see it as a strategic compass with those four areas so you're mm -hmm. going to go in the direction that's right for you but some managers and let's be fair some managers are not that strategic they mm -hmm. maybe they're the type of manager who just wants to sell or maybe they're a spreadsheet manager that just sits behind a spreadsheet some people don't write very good strategies if i'm honest they're not the the documents they need to be Mm -hmm. And some people write a new document every single year. And I believe that that's an error because really and truly, when you do sales strategy or any form of business strategy, it should be something that's labor intensive once. And you put this, for want of a better word, war and peace, dog and pony show together. Mm -hmm. And then if you're smart, what you'll do is you'll watermark with a footer on the bottom of every page or every section that will number the version of what that statement is about. And then moving forward, you would look back at your previous strategy and what you've delivered and then amend for the following year so that every year you see just leaves being added in a bit like a tree where you've got different leaves focusing on different areas so that you don't end up having to write the whole thing again. You're just amending and evolving and growing so that your strategy over a period of time looks like the rings of a tree where with every ring, there's a different focus. The bark gets thicker, the leaves get fuller, the branches get bigger. But what do those branches represent? Well, there's a branch around staff, there's a branch around clients, there's a branch around account management. But when we have managers who really struggle to be strategic, then we need to give them a helping hand. Mm -hmm. And lots of managers go on strategic training, you know, to be strategic. But in a funny way, Daryl, it's a bit it's a bit like leadership training in a way. Leadership is a is a funny subject. Management's easy because it's about process. So what you do is you just train people on processes. Leadership is on is not as quantifiable. We talk about follower leadership, intention-based leadership, as David Marquette does. And that's all great, but it feels like you have to be a certain type of person to be a leader. Mm -hmm. It's the same within strategy. Some people are really good at it, some people are terrible at it, some people really hate it. So therefore. I think one of the best things that we can do is lean on our sales teams to produce shorter documents, which actually give us a real flavor and taste of what's going on within their markets that we can grab and harness for a second and then maybe use that to create the direction. Because there's nothing worse than having a strategy imposed on you as a salesperson without any input from you. We've all been given a budget and a forecast, haven't we? Where we've gone, well, do you know what? Did anyone ask me about those figures? Did anyone actually sit down and ask us what we did last year or what that client's right. doing? No, you're just saying that because I did 200 grand last year, mm -hmm. you think that this year with inflation, you think you're going to stretch me and give me, can make it 250 grand right. with no science above that. Rubbish. Right. So I put together a document which is really, really useful. And I call it a vault document or a vault strategy okay. and it really does put a spark in your strategy it really does and a bit of a spring in your step so v-o-l-t-e it's five components and it's a real pricey of a bigger strategy so it's kind of the little bits if we know that 80 percent of our revenue comes from 20 percent of our clients if we know that and we know that 80 percent of our revenue comes from 20 percent of our salespeople. Mm -hmm. then who are the vital few 
that we have to focus on. Mm. And if we've got more than that, what are the vital things that we should be focusing on as a supplier to those clients? What are the things that are vital, the critical business value that I talk about, your CBV? Mm -hmm. This is the V of a Vault strategy. What are the vital things we should be focusing on? The O of a Vault strategy is the outcome. So what's the outcome that we're going to be delivering to the vital few? What is it we're going to be doing? We can't be all things to all people, but Mm -hmm. we do need a direction. So we know that there are people who pay us a small amount of money, but expect the world in return. Mm -hmm. There are those people who pay us a very large amount of money, which sometimes they don't need as much work. But there are people who fall in between who require both. So therefore, the vital part with the outcome, really important. The L is a reflective statement, and I call it your lessons learned. Mm. What are the things that we know about this client already? What do we already know about this market? What types of things are likely to go wrong or what types of things are likely to go right or what's going to be needed that we have learned from before? Now, you've already alluded to supply chains. You know, Mm. we've got it here in the UK with Brexit and all of that. I mean, that's a whole, you don't even want to go there. But, you know, having that vital, then the outcome, lessons learned. T, of course, timing. This Mm -hmm. is where we put a commitment statement to when we're going to do things. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, your get out of jail free card, which is your exceptions. Now, exceptions are made up of two components. The first is what's known in traditional strategy as barriers to success. Mm -hmm. What are the things that are going to get in the way that are perfectly legitimate? They are a reason, not an excuse, why something won't happen. Mm-hmm. If we can anticipate and preempt them and we write them down, when it does happen and someone says, well, why didn't that happen? You can say, I showed you. It's here in the strategy. I told you it was going to happen. So therefore, you're showing good skills. The second part of the exceptions, the E of Vault, is what I call inherited inhibitors. Hmm. Inherited inhibitors are things that managers have maybe picked up along the way that they had no choice in having to deal with. Maybe they inherited a couple of people from another team after a restructure. And you know what? These people are rubbish. (laughs) But do you know, I haven't got time to train them. I haven't got time to spend time with them. We've got a lot going on. Everything's going, the real world has kicked in. Mm -hmm. But they say sometimes that a team only moves as fast as its slowest members. So these people could be people that we call inherited inhibitors. Now, let's not stop at people. It could be a process like a piece of software. That could Mm -hmm. slow us down. Mm -hmm. Imagine someone who's got a really poor CRM Mm -hmm. or somebody that's getting, let's just say they're getting Salesforce and they're going from just a spreadsheet-based thing. That's an inherited inhibitor that's really going to slow them down as they migrate. Mm -hmm. So it's about recognizing those things and being honest. Hopefully you've got some trust in the business to allow you to feel you can say these things. And if you can get those down on a single sheet of paper, just top line pricey, then ultimately we know what's vital. We know what the outcome is. We know what we've learned before. We can put a bit of time to it and we know what's going to get in the way. Now, a manager is going to take that information and they're going to be able to look at it and go, that is gold from my team. Now, if I look at my team of 25 people, what are the common themes? Is it about growth? Is it about change? Is it about maintenance? Is it about improvement? Suddenly, my sat nav, my compass is pointing in the right direction. 
I've got great information, anecdotal and evidence-based from my team that I can now build my strategy. And therefore, the manager has a choice. Either do the huge thing with the introduction, the executive summary, the whole lot, or do your own vault strategy Mm -hmm. that you can then work with. As a detail person, I kind of like the whole dog and pony show Mm -hmm. with the vault being the executive summary that you can work from. So that if you had to present that strategy to a finance director or a chief exec, you can then show them that. And then if they ask you questions around areas that are difficult, well, you've got the detail in the bigger document if you need it. But ultimately, you know, vault strategies and having a compass direction on those four aims. Mm -hmm. I think that's something that's really relevant right now and is a little bit of a nice, easy helping hand for anyone that is feeling a little overwhelmed and doesn't know where to really doesn't really know what to do. I love it. I love it. I think that um, the practicality that sometimes I think when we we talk about strategy, we tend to look to the future, which we should um, and think about where we want to go. But sometimes that gets really disconnected from reality of where we are today. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if the strategy and and I have a, a visionary type of personality, I could have a tendency to say, this is where I want us to go. But there's also that mm-hmm. realization of here's where we are now. And here's, you know, here's what is potentially going to stand in the way we need to acknowledge that mm-hmm. if we're actually going to execute and, and make things happen. I really, really like the vault. The vault is really powerful. And for me as well, the, the element of the lessons learned stuff mm-hmm. is great because it, you know, we talk about listening skills and sales all the time. Well, you know, if you're listening to your market and you really listen to the lessons that it's teaching you and you can get that down, that's really good stuff. And I think it was, I think it was Winston Churchill, wasn't it? That said, mm-hmm. the further back you look, the further forward you can move. Yeah. And that's, that is a really good thing to be doing right now. And I'm just looking up a podcast that, I thought was so good yesterday. Um, and, and this, this idea, this is a, a I'd love to get, uh, I'd love to get Kim Whitler on the uh, revenue growth podcast. You heard it here. She, <laughs> uh, she's talking about positioning for advantage, um, on our good friend, Doug Burdett's marketing book podcast. But, um, she, I was just listening to this yesterday and she was, it was just, just a reminder of how many times companies in, in the case of marketing, we create products without ever talking to the marketplace, mm. um, you know, and, and what you want to see a product flop, create a product that you didn't talk to the marketplace, right. And, and really yeah. find the fit and the position and, and the need. But Can I, I throw something great. else in there, Daryl? Yes. You want to see a product flop? Only train your salespeople on the product thinking that that's sales training. Bingo. What else? Product training ain't sales training. No. And all you're going to do is get people that will do what's that classic turn up throughout routine, just talking about the product without actually having an understanding of what sales is. Exactly. And, (laughs) and creating that strategy, you know, the parallel I see here is, is that listening part of really listening to the marketplace and, you know, having those conversations, especially with that top 20% of your client base and going, mm-hmm. Hey, I'm just curious as you're looking forward into 2022, yeah. what challenges are you seeing? What are you excited about? What are you concerned about? What, you know, what's going on in your industry? Um, and then looking at the market in general, uh, tip yeah. of the hat to our friend Meredith Elliott Powell and her uh-huh. drive great model to think about the strategic. That's um, a great book. 
Yeah, the skeptic model and really listening to clients and watching the market and looking and going, okay, where are we right now? Because this is a dynamic market. This is not business as usual. We talk about the, you know, the residual effects of the pandemic, the supply chain issues. There's, um, you guys have Brexit. That's a, that's gotta be fun. That could be a whole podcast, um, or a whole series of podcasts. There's all these things in every industry that people are trying to navigate and figure out right now. And yeah. I think it's, it's a good time of year to really sit down and have those conversations with your best clients, with your sales team, and just have your your antenna up and your yeah. ears open for where the problems and opportunities are. Well, also, you know, when you think about this time of year, we're moving into December, which really isn't, you know, you can't include that in a sales month because so many people are winding down for the holiday season, aren't they? So you end up with a little bit of the foot coming off the pedal, mm -hmm. which is why it's a really good idea to spend, you know, time actually training your team, but also a time to talk to your market to find out a lot more. It's why in December we should really be practicing those New Year's resolutions because you can get a leg up on those and they're more likely to stick, mm -hmm. especially New Year's sales resolutions of things like, you know, the just one more call, mm -hmm. if you start to adopt that. But I think as well that when we start to look at strategic implementation and developing these documents, the Vault strategy doesn't actually stop at where we've talked about. Mm -hmm. It can actually move on into account management, whereby if you have got an account manager who has three accounts that they're going to look after, and let's say these are three really big accounts, then a vault strategy looks great. What's the vital stuff for that client? What are the mm -hmm. outcomes they want? What do they know about themselves that they're happy to share? What actually is their time frame? And lastly, what's going to stop them from getting where they need to go? And then when you start to think about your conversations that you're going to have with them, you know, using that strategy shows that client that you're thinking of them, that you're actually collaborating by creating documents around their business, not just ringing them only when you want something. Mm. So therefore, the strategic documents that you can create, these vault strategies play such a role. And you can drill down even further by actually using a vault strategy to manage somebody's performance in a one-to-one -one session. So you could sit down with a once every two or two, three weeks, six weeks that you have a one-to-one -one session with the, with the salesperson and talk to them through the vault processes. What's the key things, the vault vital stuff that you have been working on and that you need to be? What are the outcomes you're looking for with those clients? Look at probability. Then what do we learn know about these things? What do you know about yourself? What's going on at the moment with mental health? Then timing, set objectives, and what's going to stop you? So when we start to think about this document, this vault strategic document, what I love about it, and I would love about it because I created it, is that it can work at this level mm -hmm. and then it can just go All really, really, really deep to actually an individual level. And when we think about businesses, they're run on people, product and process. You get those three things together, it aligns to profit. Fantastic. But often we forget that the most important one of those is people. And we know that when something is out of whack, if we can align it to whether it's a product issue, a people per issue or a process issue, then often what we can do is create strategy around that as well. Mm -hmm. And therefore, we feel like we're more in control. We don't feel that something's growing arms and legs. We feel from a strategic standpoint that we can actually keep that document alive and we can adjust it as it goes as we manage that process.
that product, that person. Beautiful. Simon, thank you so much for uh, just who you are, the energy uh-huh. that you bring to the the world. I, I highly encourage everybody listening in to follow Simon Harris on LinkedIn and, and social. And and just uh, this, this has been such a well-timed, perfect conversation for everyone today. This is a rewinder and take notes mm-hmm. and uh, really soak in this. Simon, best wishes to you uh, in this holiday season. and Always lovely to see you. (laughs) It's always a blast. Thank you so much for uh, sharing all of this with us today. I appreciate you. My pleasure. Take care. Awesome. Awesome. And everybody in the Revenue Growth Podcast world, thank you as well. Uh, This has been a year, 2021. It's hard to believe that we're coming into the uh, final stretch of this year As we've been saying all year, we've got to get it done in 2021. And one thing I know about the audience for the Revenue Growth Podcast is you're getting it done. And I want to say thank you to you. I want to challenge you to take what we learned today from Simon and put it into action. This is a time to think strategically. And this is is a critical thing for all of us to do, whether we're leading in sales, whether we're leading in marketing, whether we have a territory, whether we have a company, having a strategy for this next year is really, really critical as we navigate into these challenging times. So put it to work, Uh, get your volt out, get the pen and paper out right now, start working together, Um, listen to your clients. Let's make this a very productive time as we finish this year. Thank you once again to everybody who is leaving reviews on the podcast. It helps us spread the word. Thanks for sharing it on social. Uh, check out our friends over at Selling from the Heart. We'd love for you to join us on the Selling from the Heart podcast as well, especially if you have a sales team. And until next week, let's... Would you like to get complimentary access to the Revenue Growth Engine audiobook? Just text the word REVENUE to 21000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.com slash book. You'll get instant access to the audiobook so you can get ideas to help you grow your revenue so you can scale your impact. Text the word REVENUE to 21000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.com slash book to get instant access. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you found ideas to help you drive exponential revenue growth so your business can make more of an impact. If you've enjoyed today's conversation, make sure to like or subscribe. It also helps us spread the word if you'd be kind enough to leave a review. Of course, we'd love it if you would share this with your friends. Together, we are growing revenue so we can scale our impact.